Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, the only podcast dedicated 100%, maybe 105% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. Squad Leader. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. The, there's Mike, our special guest. Welcome back. Welcome Mike back, is- Mike. Thanks for having me. Dave, you look you look different. Are those new glasses? Oh, it looks the same to me. I don't. Yeah, yeah well, I think it's the beard, probably. Yeah. Maybe oh, it's just okay. the uh, video yeah. quality. Yeah. Look really kind of kind of good, very good looking tonight. Lost a little weight, maybe, or the beard. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. New yeah. frames. New frames. No, same glasses. Yeah. Oh, okay. huh. Kind of want to date you. <laughs> It's funny. I, I've been getting that a lot when I go grocery shopping lately from the ladies. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe the beard. Yeah, I don't know. Make makes you. It must be the beard. It's the beard of the glasses, maybe, or the shoes. Do you get can't see my shoes. Yeah. Shoes will do that sometimes, though. Yeah. So good to see what, you guys. What's, what's going up? on? What's new? Here we are. Like, what's new? Nothing. Because we see each other twice a week. Uh, compared to what's going on in the world, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I haven't watched the news today, but I assume something went on. Yeah, I haven't either yet today. Yeah. F- so, yeah, really uh, nothing new going on over here. I, uh, I have a new gaming table. Would you like to see it? That's you just got new. news. You, news is busting out all over. Gonna yeah. try to move this camera without it on. I wasn't itself. gonna say anything until you announced it. I break yeah. your news to the world. Oh, Dave's okay. got a new gaming table. Gaming table. Wow. There we go. This. Oh, the cord is hitting my game with. <laughs> Can you hear me still? Yep. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. end. Dennis Donovan and Dave Timonen's Dice Towers given to us. Uh-huh. And Dave and I are playing. <laughs> Can you see it? Gloucester Hill. There. Why is that air, so funny? I'm getting air sick. Right, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do faster between the movements. Ready? And then <laughs> it's like this. The Gloucester British are fanatic if they're next to this bugler oh it's historically accurate wow the chinese are coming on here and here and here and he's got a if he knocks the bugler out they're no longer fanatic and then i can exit six points off of here but look who's waiting gonna come on next turn more chinese cpva and I thought when we started playing this, we realized that there's a thing called I. Oops, I knocked something over. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I in, in infantry platoon movement. Have you guys read this rule yet in the Korean module? Yeah, we looked it over way back when. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're trying to start this game, and suddenly we're like this two-page rule that's like a bonsai or a human wave but it's not now we liked it and it's a good thing dave is like this because he's like 
oh, as we're reading it, this sounds kind of cool. And I'm like, you know, easier if it was just a human wave. <laughs> but it's different enough that it makes it interesting too. So I have to go over that rule in detail at a later date. And then as you peruse across the gaming table, oh, look who's there. Whoa. Say hello to yourselves, guys. Jeff, you, oh, your faces. You guys don't have any faces. We can't see ourselves. Seen myself before. This is a deck that slides to either end of the table. So I used it Sunday, this deck here, as a, you know, at the end of the table and put my D&D screens on it and all my dice on it. And we had miniatures set up down inside. And this is Mike and mine's game. There it is. Oh, glare. Oh, glare. Yep. Well, darn that glare. And we lost your audio. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I'll have to post the game on YouTube. Can you hear me again? Yep. Yes. Or on Twitter. Go to our Twitter feed to see a picture of the board. And that one, um, it's I can't the, get over the, how different you look, Dave. It's like you—you you look like the guy on the can of Dinty Moore. Uh, well, oh, okay. I, it's the plaid, then. It's the plaid. All right. It's the—I know—it's the toupee, but I didn't want you to mention it. I mean, what? I don't want to like. What? I got a toupee, so I'm, I, it's new. Where? So I'm, Where? I just, you, yeah, go ahead and put it on. Let's see it. Oh, you're being kind. So you know, kind of awkward to talk about. Like, oh, I have a toupee. So I have to edit all this out of the show. All right. That's very nice. You've worn this out in public, right? Yeah. Okay. Is, the this girls. A, is this your toupee? I, seriously. You know, it was my father's. Oh, it was. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Want to switch cameras? Did Laura get one too? Yeah. Uh, no, because she's doesn't need one. Okay. So that was the gaming table. Oh, I didn't show you, but it's got the modular drink holders. How long have you been waiting yeah, for the gaming now. table? Yes. These snap into the magnetic, you know, can you hear me? The magnetic, you know, sides. Yeah. It's cooler so, than he's making it out to be. Yeah. It's very nice. And then the topper, so you can have both ASL games up. You can actually get three in here, we thought, right, Mike? Yes. Especially if you're not doing the larger boards. And then... um Put the topper on and do more stuff on top so you don't have to we used to put them on plexiglass and you have to move them off and stick them up on the shelf as people have heard whereas mike has actually three tables in his game room yeah so, so there you go so you were just you were you were uh looking on amazon you saw it you ordered it and had it next day is it, that how that worked? yeah yeah <laughs> it was the wormwood uh, kickstarter which was nine months oh. late Nine months well, late. So nine months late. How long have you been waiting for it since you ordered it? We think we ordered it pre-pandemic. So 20, it was due in June of last year. Ah, okay. So, but it it's, yeah. Jeff, you haven't seen it in person yet, but it, it's pretty quality, isn't it, Mike? It's very nice. It's solid. Like it's I'm waiting solid. for an invitation, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when are when are we gonna play asl again let's play again soon like soon okay Pretty soon i'm booked we'll up about it. let's book it up after the show 
Okay. We should do like on Chopped where they had this gimmick a couple of months ago. The cook starts it, but then they switch out. So I'll do the first turn. Now you take over for the second turn in oh. my game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did want to get... Then, what? then do you come back and play the next turn? Well, yeah. That's, You're not going to like what I did with all right, your Right, well, that's right. I did want to do the uh, double blind pack from March Madness, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So if anyone has that, we'll buy it from you. It's where I could sit in the center and then you two would play each other on the board with no opposing pieces down. Yeah. Fog of War. Yeah. Right? That would so be as, as you move, I, I would, or, or one of you, but I probably mean, would be the judge to kind of remind you, oh, I think Mike can see something now, Jeff. You want to put it out? And then we put it on Mike's board too, so he can, you know, totally yeah. empty opponent board. Yeah. Yeah. I like double, this. Double yeah, blind. Yeah. Anything else new? Should we jump right in? We got a lot to cover if we're doing this here new game. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get started. What's in the box? And I've noticed on other shows, podcasts, and even YouTube channels, they kind of call it "What's in the box." Now, did are they stealing from us? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two of them actually. So. Two of them attributed us. Oh, they did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And yeah. have we seen any money? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested in your trademark. Yeah, that's right. But we won't get into that. So what is the the box, Jeff? I think you have the box cover. Oh, I have the box. I have the actual box, but you have, yeah, you've got the nice graphic. Yeah, I I painted this myself from the box cover and the back of it. All the way from, all the way from overseas. It is (sighs) from Advancing Fire, Prokhorovka. No, Prokhorovkai. It's K I A at the end. K I A. K A I. Kai. That's an exclamation part, point. What? That's an exclamation point. Oh. Prokhorovka. Oh, I'm, I've mispronounced it wrong in the whole time. Actually, Mike, are we both mispronouncing it? <laughs> There's been a huge discussion on the forums about how to pronounce this, right? Since this game came out. The consensus seems to be you don't pronounce the first K. So Prohorovka. Yeah, it's more of a yeah, Prohorovka. Right. Prohorovka, if I remember my Russian. Well, I took a little bit of Russian in college. It's Prohorovka. Oh, excellent. But you no. know, don't, don't drink a lot. Don't uh, eat a lot of dairy. But you got to say it a whole lot faster because there's actually, if you go on YouTube and stuff, there's, you can find, you know, Russian news segments about this region where they say it. And it's like, oh. you know, it, 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 if you wait too long, you'll miss it. You know, it's, yeah. it's over in a second. Yeah, I think the O's are, are uh, not quite as O-y. When they say it quickly, it's more like a procharevka, harevka, right? Instead of horovka, probably. Well, what is in this box? Start on page one, maybe. Jeff, do you have the list? I don't. The list. The list of what's in the The box is here. It looks like it's a complexity is high, and it's something here is medium. I'd say it rates somewhere between checkers and. Yeah. 
yeah, and what's more complicated Three than hours. this game? <laughs> Playing time from three hours to well, five million hours. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very it's not a big box, but it is jam packed with stuff. There are three hundred eighty four uh, five inch counters, five hundred and sixty half inch counters, five gigantic thirty seven by 22 historical maps, five of them. I think there's more than five. five well, there's five, five There's five historical maps that combine together in one huge sheet. Okay. And then there's one 36 by 22 historical map, which represents a certain layout. And then another 30 by 24 inch historical map that represents a different layout of a, of a village in the area. And then another 24 by 16 inch map, which represents a, yeah, a different, a, a particular farm in the area. Yeah. There's a very <laughs> nice map in the rules that shows the layout of where the, all the other maps are arranged around the big five map single unit. Yeah. So you get a sense of the positioning of all these maps. Okay. So I'm wondering why I'm here. I've got it too. Yeah. And <laughs> And Mike, you actually uh, laid out all the maps. Yep, I've got it all laid out. So yeah, Mike, you set up the boards, right? Yep, there's the main five maps setting up the single biggest chunk of the... Can you see them here, Sher? Yep. Yeah, there it is. It. Yep. All right, that's the main yep. five. Okay. The main five, yep. Wow. That, so that is 37 inches by 114 inches. Sounds about right which is I huge. See. It's got to be the biggest map. It's probably, I don't know, you it's, think it's bigger uh, than Tarawa? Oh, it's definitely oh yeah, by far. Yeah, okay. Uh, by far. Is it, it's bigger than the Red Barricades all put together, the factories probably. Probably. Um, something comparable would be the the Omaha Beach stuff. Um, I saw that somewhere yeah. on Twitter or YouTube or something or but then again, there's two more maps which are to the east and west of this, which you know would could connect if there was some connecting maps. But they're really close to this area, at least as you can tell from looking at the rule book. Um, and then there's a half map too. Yeah. So there's a lot okay. of mappage. And one half of it. This is an interesting coincidence because, as you might recall, we're finishing up our huge three-year in the making Crucible of Steel, playing every scenario in order. And right now we're at the very end in the big one, which is um, flying turrets. And if anybody follows my Instagram and Twitter, they'll see the setup we have done. Wow, who produced that game? That would be Bounding Fire Productions. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Bounding Fire Productions. The two half spots is brought to you by Bounding Fire Productions, maker of fine advanced squad leader products. Very good. Right. So there, so in that scenario, um, that's the big finale uh, that takes place on this map. So the geomorphic hep, the boards that they use for that is actually portrayed here, historically accurate on this map. Okay. So it'll be interesting to compare the two. And that scenario you you and I were playing, Mike, is also by who? What packet is that from? That would be from Blood and Jungle. Who makes Blood and Jungle? I believe that is also Bounding Fire Productions. 
Bounding Fire Productions. The Two Half Squads is brought to you by Bounding Fire Productions, the maker of fine advanced squad leader products. So that'll, yeah, that'll be very interesting when you get that. The match. Yeah, so I, it'd be I, a great I, segue now that we've finished the Crucible of Steel, which of yeah. course, and we might discuss this more in a moment, but you know, that because that follows this the southern thrust at Kursk, ending here at Provkorovka. Yeah. Uh, so maybe if I can convince my uh, my normal opponent, John Harmeyer, I'll give a shout out, John. Uh, perhaps we'll go right into that for another three years of <laughs> East Front action. Hey, you know, keeps your yes. free time well, entertaining. Um, that's right. But you're playing that on Vassal, is that right? We've been playing that on Vassal, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and Prokhorovka maps are not on Vassal yet, I would I imagine. have no idea. Yeah. I haven't heard that they are yet. I have off. not looked yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But. So this is a fairly new product. This just came out, um, I don't know, three or four months ago, something like that. And, and actually uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And Jeff, our 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 product was donated to us from a listener, Malcolm Cameron. We really want to thank you, Malcolm. Yes, thank you, Malcolm, very much. Providing us thousands of hours of entertainment. So what else? Uh, what else? We've seen the maps a little bit. I mean, in the maps, I guess if it's pretty obvious if you look at this that it's going to be great for tank battles. Lots of long range. Oh, definitely. If you like your big long range open spaces. Um, and the maps are beautiful. I mean, they're really the star of this package. When you look at the detail and the way they've got the trenches, you know, printed into the terrain features, it looks very realistic. Yeah. It's a new art style that really brings out those features. Yeah. And did you get a chance to look at the rest of the rules? The... Yep. Oh, yeah. I was looking through all that. So they anything unique? Uh, well, you got the, the weather. I see mines. Right. The terrain is all very similar uh, in terms of as with the Crucible of Steel. Similar, uh, you know, the way they treat the trenches and the the step terrain and the hillocks. Um, nothing too different there. Um, that's all quite standard. There are a few rules. The interesting ones more about units themselves, where um, they emphasize the fact that. Uh, uh, the Russians did not have a very good capacity to do tank and infantry combinations. So like uh, armored assaults have special rules where you actually have to make a task check to see if you can pull it off with some additional rules, like the tank has to be stopped. And, and then they have an extra unit, a different unit type that actually is trained to do armored assaults. So they get to, or, or riders or B riders. So they get uh, that capacity. So these unit. tanks, descents. Descents, okay. yeah, they actually have their morale increased when they're riding on the tank, which is kind of interesting. Oh, okay. Were they the? I wonder if they were like the first units to really yeah, do I would it. Imagine. Yeah, right. I noticed they have these um, artillery observer teams. Right. They have. Yep. They've got a couple new additional unit types. So Those these are little details that don't come out in Crucible of Steel, not to say that there's anything lacking in Crucible of Steel, but these are little features that yeah, are little, unique to a, this particular pack. They've really done the research on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Air leaders, too. Air leaders are special oh, yeah, class. Yes, yes. Treated as armor leaders, except they affect an oh. airplane's performance. One of the reasons I really wanted to get this pack, aside from being a very interesting battle, 
is that it has a counter for Hans Rudel. You wouldn't always expect that in an, a tactical infantry game, but being one of the most famous pilots of the war, of course, this is where you get his counter. Oh, <laughs> is that historically accurate? Yes, yes, he was very, he was already a famous pilot before this, but you know, he was one of the leading pilots in dive bombing and, and all that stuff. Uh, was he on the ground? No, no, he was in the air. He was doing the ground attack from the air. So you. Does his leader counter go in a plane? His leader, yes, goes in a plane. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, it shows a pilot on it in a cockpit. Yes, right. I thought it was a satchel charge. Is this the only counter, uh, leader counter for a plane? No. Yeah. Or there, the, are, yeah. are there others in this pack? Oh, not in this pack, no. Oh, okay. okay. I can't think of any other expansion that's ever had that. Yeah, there's six. No, never. There's six levels yeah. on this thing. And there's burnt out orchards, burnt out woods. So that's just a little different, but nothing crazy. No, yeah. There's nothing right? that's overly yep, treated right. as a regular orchard without a season and Right. Can't be burned again, of course. Yeah. Um, three. And then lots of uh, hillock type things. And uh, there's slopes. not. Yeah. In fact, the hillock rules, they actually review them in this in this set and they're condensed. It's not the full hillock rules. Um, it's actually a little easier even. So, oh, OK. So even that makes it easy. And if you look at the scenarios too, it's very, you know, very East front standard. There's not too much you have to relearn or learn to jump right into these. You don't have to learn a uh, infantry platoon movement. No, there's none of that. Yes. There's no crazy stuff. Yeah, and what okay. about, and then, you know, I noticed that the buildings, the layout of the buildings on the map was interesting because a lot of them are very small buildings. Are they all wood or are they stone? Are the gray depictions stone? The, they're all stone buildings because typically in that area there was the buildings right. were they, wood. They review all the building types in the terrain rules. Uh, so there were izbas, which are typical Russian, Eurasian right. stone wooden homes. Yeah, I think for the buildings. most part, it's all. Uh, but they also uh, sit across hex sides. So I just, I assume that then those are obstructions to line of sight along hex, along right. hex sides. Yes, it reviews all that. Okay. And Jeff, did you have an interview with uh, the, that, that you'd read from the rules or? Uh, well, they have a little bit of a, they have an interview with the designers. Uh, I've got, I'm not sure it's all of it. It's only a page and a half. Yeah, uh, it's a they, very, that's a very short interview. Yeah, yeah. I read that too. Not, a, not an awful lot in there, but they, they do discuss a little bit what we've already talked about is some of the things that they do to try to bring uh, some authenticity to fighting in this terrain in this particular battle where the Russian troops were not as well trained with, like you were talking about with armored assault, et cetera, and the little uh, modifications that they made on that. Right. On that. What, I, what I found most interesting from that interview was the way that they had to try and make a game that's balanced in terms of the fact that this battle as presented was a Russian tactical defeat, but it was a German strategic defeat, right? It kind of ended their thrust 
So they had to find a way to make this game, you know, for both sides to be able to have some meaning in the win or the loss. But in a sense, you know, playing a tactical game doesn't allow for you to have a tactical loss and be a winner. So, so the, 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 aside from the scenarios, of course, which have traditional victory conditions, this campaign game is won or lost based on the Germans basically have to hold the map. They have these strategic locations. And while the Germans are pressured by all of these Russian forces coming on, uh, at the end of the day, there's various sudden death conditions if the Germans really hold on well at the up front in the first, you know, first turns of the game. But after the end of the whole campaign, they have to hold all the strategic locations on the whole, all five maps. So it has to be a great win for the Germans for them to get a win. Uh, and the Russians have to basically just, you know, make their way down the map and hold some of those locations to actually make some progress to win. Yeah, to call it a victory. Yeah. 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 And, and then there's an interview with uh, Chris Lawrence, too, right? Now he's an author. He, no, he's yeah. well, yes, he's an author, but he's also a historian who works for a, a defense analyst organization. Yeah, he, I yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go, Mike. Oh, he well, it sounds like majorly he contributed primarily, aside from offering all the research, of course, that's available in his books. Uh, his order of battles helped shape the design of the game and um, his input on the terrain because he had access to a lot of maps and such. Uh, so that that's really what his contribution was. And he's one of the few authors, if I understand correctly, one of the few authors that has written extensively about this particular action. That's yeah, his book about. right now is the book about yeah. Uh, Plus, I it's getting it the first time around, and now it's three hundred dollars. So yeah, seventeen hundred <laughs> pages. And I was going to oh, ask you, Mike, yeah. if you had it in your library. No, I don't have it. Oh. Yeah, I, I missed that one when it came out, and I, it went right by me. So yeah. Wow, have, that's it. Yeah, there is now an abridged copy of the of that work uh, for forty bucks, standard hardcover book. But and of course, abridged meaning it doesn't have all the data, and that's kind of the key to why you would want to part yeah, of. Yeah, it's it's not really well reviewed. Oh, really? Yeah, the abridged copy is not well yeah. reviewed for what that's worth on Amazon. But yeah. you know, yeah. Well, with this interview, I liked it a lot. I would have liked those maps to go with it. You know, they get so into the descriptions of the Liebestant art uh, group. And, you know, I know my pronunciations aren't so great either, but all the movement of the troops and the core. And, you know, and then I, I can't imagine this in my brain because I have not read this or studied this battle like I have so many other battles throughout history. Um, so I thought that would have been helpful in this interview. The uh, episode of Captain Ribbentrop. Now, that's one of the sons of the uh, minister. Of the, in... the German foreign minister, right. Yes, I was reading about that too. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. Ribbentrop retreating in front of the mass of Russian tanks, trampling the German positions and stopping in front of an anti-tank ditch and talks about what he had learned, Chris Lawrence, from writing about about these incidences. Yeah, if I can make one other point about the campaign game too, is that 
it is also an accessible campaign game in the sense that it's not like Red Barricades where you're buying forces and it's multi-day and multi-scenario choice. It's basically like playing too big the last bids, right? It's you start with one, you know, the early morning basically starts in the morning. You play uh, how many turns? They're 17 to 20 turns long for the two scenarios that make up the campaign. So you start on the big five mapper. You play for up to 20 turns. You stop. You do a reset where things, you know, you fix tanks in the field, resupply, new forces come on. And then you continue the rest of the day, same day, another second half, up to 20 turn scenario. So it really isn't a campaign game in that sense with the traditional setting perimeters, buying new forces. It's just two really big scenarios played back to back. Okay, because that's the kind of thing Dave Timonen was looking to do. Yeah, so maybe this will be one we could all try together. Yeah, and it looks like it would be very nice for having multiple players take multiple commands, different commands. And yeah. Coming in from different directions. Yeah, excellent. This, and I learned from this interview, too, with Lawrence about, like, that the, yeah, the uh, Russian attack was disjointed, as Mike was saying earlier. And then the tanks ran into their own anti-tank ditches, is what he said here. Yeah, there was there's anti-tank ditches. Yeah, that's similar to the actually the um, one of the issues with the uh, the flying turrets one from the Crucible of Steel. That big scenario, you have to run. You know, you're trying to get past this anti-tank ditch, and tanks were trying to run over it, and they were flipping over, and oh, okay, speed over it. Some would get over, some wouldn't, but it was a serious impediment to getting across the field. Yeah, he was acting like in this case they didn't they weren't aware it was even there really. Yeah, that, that their was, own. Yes, he he really emphasizes the fact that the uh, this whole attack, this massive Russian attack, was not well planned, was not well re, you know recon was poor, and it just kind of went off as a huge mass attack and running right in smack dab into the middle of all these well placed German tanks. Which and he'll into this he'll scenario. two five two. Is described in here too. Yes. Of course, that's you know classic. Well, two five two is the hill upon which the flying turret scenario does take place too. So oh, it really okay. is the focal point of that opening wave. And he does an analysis of the air power and how it, it, it was not saying that there's this big debate historically about. Yes, it's always been power. a huge debate. That's right. Yes. Okay, right. So overall, the influence of air on the fighting on this day was low, certainly lower than it had been in the first four days of the German offensive due to the weather, but it also it clearly suppressed the German operations and the degree of close air support. And then five reported uh, fratricide incidences in 1943 done by Soviet air accidental uh, bombings. And then did you also talk about tank ramming in this? Was that? They talked about tank ramming, but there's no they did not add a rule for tank ramming. Okay, I didn't see a rule. Yeah. There there is a rule for the fact that some of the tanks were ordered just to keep going forward, right? The the momentum of the attack had to keep going. So there is a rule he the certain tanks have to keep spending all their movement points without stopping. Colonel Linov spending them by moving. Yeah, they can't they have to stay in motion. Yeah. Or end end in motion. They always have to be Well, and that, yeah, okay. Okay. Motion or non-stopped. 
my wife oh, was talking to me the other day. She <laughs> said, you know, honey, it's better if you're nonstop when you're driving your car. <laughs> Mike and I were talking about how that yes. language is never used anywhere in the world. That's right. People don't say, are you nonstop right now in your vehicle? Because if you're talking yeah. on your phone, yeah. <laughs> there's these little uh, aerial maps that come with it, black and white reconnaissance photographs included here. Yeah, those are so great. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep. Although I, they're not that clear. I was having problems like getting a good look at them, but that's cool. So that, that's all in the, um, yeah, paper print part. And then the scenarios, I could take a look at if we have some extra time. I didn't record anything yet. I think this might be taking an hour. I think I was going to look at the um, counter sheets with us here. Let me good. change my background. Problem had a little problem though with the Russian counter sheets because a Ukraine invasion. I got mad and I took the Russian counter sheets from the game, and and I burned them in a fit of anger. Wow! And then I realized how stupid that was because really yeah. that doesn't harm real life Russian anything. No. It just harmed my own game. Yes. I'm not sure that was a good idea, Dave. Yeah. Next time, before no. you do that, call me. I was just so angry. Yeah, I understand. I was ready to pull my hair out. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. It all comes together. Oh, it now, is a toupee. Yeah, I look good, though. All right, we got counters, boys. We have T34, whatever they are, uh, the normal, normal. 76 L's. I think it's about a hundred. That sounds about right. There's it's a lot a, of them. It's about a hundred. Now, are you going to use all these in the campaign game? I don't know. Then the alphabetical system, you know, like A, B, C yes. goes to triple Z. Wow. Triple hey, Z. Triple Z. Take that. Yeah. It's insane. So this, this one sheet then has also the little half squads, some heroes. Um, I think they're, they have this, the artwork is superb. Oh, I messed up my, my hair. Let me get my comb. Take a minute. This, the, can you see the artwork on these things? Yeah, that's uh, very nice. Yes. It's, and it doesn't show up. That, it's superb. I have to say it's superb. Medium machine gun, you can really tell what the thing looks like in real life. And it's so teeny. I don't know how they, you know, the modern printing methods. You do also get with this game, I think these are for brevity assault. Yeah. Let's say right. if these were reprints or were there errors in the first ones? Or they I think just... they're errata. Yep. I think so. Yeah. So you get those for your brevity assault ah, game okay. and, and Biazza Ridge. Ridge, Italians, the, uh, but again, look at this 88 gun artwork on that. Beautiful. It is amazing. These are all the more T-34s. Uh, and then more counters to do your act with. I guess you're going to need a lot of acquisition. You're need a lot of them. Not just A, B, C, D, E, F. Um, these go all the way to X, maybe more. Burnt out woods counters here. Some nice graphics. Okay. Backside or burnt out orchards. 
to mark those some debris counters. Then you have your trench foxholes. I think they're normal, just different artwork. I'm not sure. Some German counters and German vehicles. They're giving you a lot of Panzer IV H's, Stugs, Panzer V's. And then these other infantry are SS. And I was like, oh, they didn't do them in black. And then I picked up the next set and saw they are in black too. Well, so they I are. Think, I yep. think they're you can choose between the two. So you can. You know, because they did SS in both colors with yeah. MMP and uh, other groups. Couple of nice plane counters. I haven't read anything about their special for any reason. The Revenants got some special rules. They face a certain way. They have a covered arc, you know, like a pillbox, and then oh, they, they can do, hold yeah. hold like two squads or something and four leaders, and then some some more special. Rules. What is the revenant? It's just a more of a dugout area it's on a, a hill. Yeah, like a right? dugout trench. Yep. Right. Yeah, wider, so you can can fit more in there. But yeah, uh, yep, pretty sharp stuff. Rather impressive. So it is. I I don't know who, as Dave Tune would say, who who the whoever has time to do this. <laughs> it it does always how, amaze me. How do they keep doing it? Yeah company after company and and product that, that's researched in maps and you know it, just the, even the korea dave and i are playing these korea war, forgotten war mmp and then like well there's a whole nother game from lft that sold korea we did we did that one on the air right you know just the idea that and so. probably in order to work on this and to develop all that they developed you had to have more than one guy reading Christopher Lawrence's book of 1700 pages. I mean, right there, if you came to me and said, Hey, let's design a scenario. And I said, okay, say here, you got to read the 1700 page book first. I, that would, that would, I would have to bow out of that immediately. And in one of the interviews, I think it was Chris Lawrence that they he talked about how does the war game compare to military war games. And he talked about the different kinds of military war games that are operational. And then he kind of said the strategic one, is that tactical ones like this are the not as good to represent reality. Yeah, I mean, ASL in particular, simply because it's at a level where there are, there's no data, you know? I mean, ASL is all about taking single shots and, you know, moving left, moving right. Passing a morale check and- Yes, in in real life, yeah. is that guy going to make that morale check or not? You know, those kinds of things. Well, yeah, those, I mean, it, it, all of this is based on reports. And in a report, you know, you're not singling out every man's shot or attempt to find a Panzerfaust in his pocket kind of rule. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to quantify that sort of data in, in what these guys do when they analyze these kind of numbers. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. his background is in, uh, uh, you know, from a defense analyst perspective, uh, the Tupuy Institute uses these numbers to quantify military history. They look at actions from the past and they quantify the numbers they get in terms of, you know, logistics, uh, the output of firepower versus casualties, you know, all these numbers get crunched to come up with some sort of a, uh, a blueprint for how battles operated then and how they'll look in the future, right? That's what they try to contribute. 
the scenarios, I did notice there's a, their PRK, um, one through 12, the PRK campaign, the one Mike was referring to, yeah, it has these two parts, 20 turns each. And that map is how long? Is that going to fit on my table? It probably would with the topper on. <laughs> Maybe. It defeats the purpose of having I'm the interior. At my, so yeah. if, if, on my picture you saw on my ping pong table, yeah. it hangs off about six inches off the edge. So Crazy. I could okay. put another table on the end and make it longer. But... I, I don't like... What were you just showing us there? Uh, it just comes tank fields of Prokhorova, the campaign game card. Okay. With the OBA table, I don't know what I don't know what the graphic is, but um, it's got numbers. That's well, scenarios. Examples, examples. And two of those scenarios are um, starter kit scenarios for people who. Want That's them. where I was going. I was going to say, I am guessing that PS, PRK, yeah, and there's only one and two, and so then I was comparing them. So is PRK SK one. That's right. A different version of PRK one, and you can see no, no, yeah. they're different. So I thought, oh, maybe they made both. You know, the the one version has slight changes for starter kit from the other. So there is, I yeah, because I was thinking, wait, and then is there a city somewhere too, where they have a different map? Is it one of the five maps? And then I'm like. No, this has to be a starter kit scenario. That's right. Yeah, which is really quite brilliant. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure they've sold all that they could already for people that are playing full ASL, but in, right. case, uh, in case they had some extras on the shelf, those starter kit folks would be grabbing that up. Those folks, Them. those starter kit people, <laughs> which I don't think we can say anymore. Is um so all so these, then are oh, yeah these colored dots, Mike? Did you get a chance to figure out are those just the different? The I believe they're the different reinforcement groups and where they come on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're not you're not buying them. Boy, that's right. a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the scenario pack includes all those other maps we spoke of, right? The campaign does not play out on any of those side maps. Those are just other historical locations played out for all the scenarios. scenarios. Yeah. All right. Do we miss anything? Uh, I think that covers everything, except it. did it come with a blue sheet of paper, Dave, or no? No. No. Oh, well. It didn't. It's only MMP. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys. Um, thanks That's again. To, oh, it's hard to do my hair reverse uh, in the, uh, yes. in the yeah, that's camera. It. It's, just it's not that you're not used to doing hair. I heard I'll that. See. You're gonna have to get a comb. Do you remember how it works? <laughs> You'll have to get a YouTube video. Megan combed this for me before the show. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> thank you, Malcolm, and and go to eBay and buy our Yanks game and our Beyond Valor game to support the two half squads. Because I'm gonna post this show like Wednesday. The sale will end Sunday. <laughs> so if you hear this quickly. 
jump in there, folks. A bid like, I don't know, Jeff, what would help the show? For Beyond Valor, I put it at 99 bucks. Should they bid like 200 or 500? Oh my God. What do you think? We'll leave it up to the, uh, we'll leave it up to the buyer's good judgment. <laughs> that ain't gonna go much over 99 then. <laughs> Well, if they know they're supporting the two half squads, anything over that, they, they might uh, throw a little extra in there. We would appreciate <laughs> so, it. Are these yep. is a classic Yanks and Beyond Valor? Yeah, yeah. The 85 AC, donated by a listener. Yeah. Of course, I didn't plan the name, but I'm going to put it right here on the video. <laughs> Stephen Banks. Thank you for your donation of those to support the show. So we finally got those up for sale and we use well, that. Include his all. name in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So uh, that announcement also is there still a, a tournament coming up from uh, Sprague? Hi, guys. Mike Sprague from the Yankee ASL group here. Just want to drop you a note that hopefully you can hear on the show soon. The 26th annual Nor'easter tournament is March 24th to March 27th in Fairhaven, Mass. I know it's kind of far for you guys, but maybe someday you can join us. As of this call, there's about two months to go, so there's, but there's plenty of room. So if you're interested at all, please head over to yankeegamers.org, and you can check it out and sign up. Or you can visit our Facebook group, which is ASL Nor'easter. So this year, we have our usual five-round tournament, main tournament, and the scenarios are already, sorry, scenarios are already been published for that up on the website. We're going to have a Friday and Saturday mini tournament as well, which will be published in those scenarios soon. And we're going to be very starter kit friendly as usual with our professor, Mitch Abrams, who's going to be available on Saturday to help match up players, do training, any kind of topics people are interested in. Or for Friday and Sunday, myself or Carl can match people up just as well. So if you're interested at all, or you just want to check things out, please go to yankeegamers.org and give us, check, give us a shout or sign up. Thanks again for the great podcast, guys, and roll well, and I'll hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks. All righty. And ASL nice. Open's probably going now. I don't know, but check that out too. Uh, anything else, gents? It looks like a great pack. I, I I look forward to playing some of these. So maybe we should uh, do a couple of those, Dave. I don't know. We've got so many. Uh, yeah, we got to finish <laughs> our other things we're doing on Zoom before. Yes. Yeah. Or on Vassal. I haven't been on Vassal in so long either. Yeah. Uh, well, now with the table, Vassal's off the table. It is indeed. It is indeed. It means we've got to figure out how we're going to record again in your basement. Yes. Yeah, I think in we should the do broadcast. Broadcast the whole like Johnny Carson theme. You know, we'll have the couch and the guests will come on off the side. And... Oh yeah. Like we kind of did in our hundred our hundredth episode. Yeah. We kind of had that. We had a couple guys sitting in the green room. Right. We had them. Yeah, did. we actually did. Yeah, it yeah. worked out really well. That was the high point of the podcast, mm. which was 185 episodes ago. Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, then, I guess we'll say bye, everybody. To remember to roll low. And rally well. What? Not uh, when you're not playing, playing us. us. Of course. Oh, and follow me on Instagram if you want to see the Crucible of Steel games. Indeed. Yeah, and what's, what is your name on Instagram? At Chicago Wargamer. Chicago, Chicago Wargamer. Because Chicago Wargamer was taken by somebody who posted one picture 10 years ago. Oh. So I am now the Chicago Wargamer. Ah, okay. Very good. <laughs> yeah, we'll look for you there. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. -bye. Bye.